Welcome to List Off. I'm Nat. And I'm Ozzy. And uh, before we get started on our list this week, I want to just say a big thank you to everybody that's um, listened and shared it and liked it and subscribed on YouTube or subscribed on iTunes or Spotify or Android or some of those obscure podcast places. It's mad because I've barely talked to anyone for like a year, you know, so (laughs) to have hundreds of people listening is, is just... It's mad, and it's really, it's been really fun. Thanks for all the ideas. You're definitely going to get into some of them. In fact, today's more ideas, if anything. Yeah, send us some more, more ideas, and the people that put reviews up on iTunes and ratings. It's, it's just, it's great. Really appreciate it, and um, it's really, it's very nice. Thank you to everyone. And uh, someone suggested we do uh, top five fictional dads, but since it's Mother's Day this week, at least in the UK. Um, mm-hmm. We're gonna do top five fictional mums. That's it. Top mums. You fan of mums? Yeah, I like mums. Uh, mums like me. Um, <laughs> That's I true. Like, <laughs> I think uh, uh, lots of mums. When I meet people's mums, they tend to like me. I'm the kind of uh, the kind of chap a mum a mum likes. I think historically. He's a nice boy. He is. I am a nice boy. That's what they say. Try, what try the, make an effort. That's what the mothers say. Um, they saying. Yeah, big fan of. I feel big fan of my mum. Big fan of uh, my children's mum. You know, lots of love to them. Big thanks for everything. Um, but they uh, they don't make my list because they're real. Yeah, that's it. We got a. We got to say I can't have my mum on there because she's a real mum. Yeah. Whereas, uh, and I should always say I'm a fan of. My mum as well, because you've said it, and if I don't say it, it suggests that I don't like yeah, my own mum, which seems, card, seems wrong. I'm a fan of your mum. I, I like your mum. <laughs> oh, She's oh, very oh, nice oh. as well. <laughs> it's getting dangerously. I'm a fan of. I'm a fan of. Uh, all, I'm a fan of all the mums. Yeah. Not all of them. I mean, some of them I'm not a fan of. But this is our top five fictional mums or moms um, if you're in America or the Midlands. Yeah, I'll go first. I'll kick off. And I'd say this first one is probably my most controversial of all our list off so far, because I have to point out that this is a fictional mum and it is one of my top five mums, but it isn't a nice mum. So you go understand that sometimes they're on the list just because they're a big presence. They're an iconic mum. And this mum is Norma Bates from the film <laughs> Psycho. And uh, she's Norman Bates's mum. You never see her in the film, apart from at the end, when she's already perished. Spoilers. But for the most part, this is a spoiler for the whole film. It's so if you out, haven't it's seen... It's been out for a while. It's been out for, uh, at this point, 61 years. So um, uh, the spoiler is that during the film, you never really see the mum. And the mum you do see is actually the son, Norman Bates, dressed... Norman Bates dressed up as his own mother, Norma Bates. But I think what an iconic mum and one which of all the mums in cinema is probably one of the most famous and most iconic mums that it would seem remiss not to include her, even though technically, of course, she's not a good mum in the good mum sense. She's a bad mum, as is revealed as well. She's not a good mum. No. But, uh, 
to Norman Bates on any. He's, I mean, he's not a good son either, to be fair. Bad bunch. Yeah. Bad bunch. Bad bunch of Bates is not a fan. Uh, but I am a fan of the film Psycho and of uh, uh, the surrounding iconography of the mum in the film. It's very much an iconic mum, and it would seem wrong not to put her on the list, but I would say it's a controversial thing because she's not technically a good mum that you like and warm to. But this is the thing, you know, um, lots of depictions of mums are just they're sort of benignly lovely and and there's not much interest paid in them. So it's actually it's good to have mum mum villains and lots of people don't like yeah. their mum, you know, like it's true. You know, what's Mother's Day like for people that just hate their mum? Don't like their mum. You know? Like it's it, you know. It, it, all, all, all the mums should be represented here. And it's true. I need to have a good sweep of mums. Sweep of mums. Um, my number five is a similarly villainous mum. Okay. She's a mom. She's a mom. She's um, Beverly Sutfin of uh, oh. Serial Mum, the nineteen ninety four John Waters film. And that, I really like that film. Like, th- th- I Me feel too. like it's really good because you know it's not one of the kind of really respected John Waters films. I don't think it's like one of his most commercial films. And you know, it, it's, it's starring Kathleen Turner, and she just gives this amazing performance as a kind of perfect nice nice suburban. American mom in I don't know New Jersey or somewhere I don't know it's, it's probably they're all New Jersey aren't they and yeah well, they're usually um Baltimore oh yeah it's Baltimore that's right yeah it's Baltimore suburbs of Baltimore and and she she's just she's super perfect mom looks the part and then I think the first thing is that she, the, the, she goes to the report to the you know the what do you call it report meeting or whatever what's the word for that mm-hmm. and 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 she the, the her her son gets a bad report from the teacher and that, a parents evening parents evening right and and he gets a bad report card or whatever you know as as she's leaving the the school she sees him in the parking lot and uh she runs him over and from there she goes uh, on a killing spree just killing people who mom. mildly annoy her though? This is, you know, it's and and I think it's a great film. I think it's got Ricky Lake in it. It's got the guy who goes on to play, uh, who's in Scooby Doo. I don't know what that guy's name is. What's his name? Plays the other oh. kid. Oh, is it Matthew Lillard? Is it? Is it? Him? If he's the guy in Scooby Doo, yeah. Is he the guy Sh- Shaggy? Yeah, he's in Shaggy, and he's yeah. in, he's in like Scream or whatever. I don't know that guy. And um, oh, it's just great. And it's one of those films, though, I'd like, I'd never think of it as a favourite film or anything. But if it came on TV in, in the 90s and I flicked across it, I would watch it. And I must have watched it seven times just because it was the same. Yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. I think it's a good film. I think um, that and Pekka, some of the later John Waters films, they're good movies, but you just don't think of them often because they're not part of the classic canon. But they're good. They're good films. Yeah. But I feel like that's one of his, which is like, it's a good film. And it's a, it feels like a successful sort of relatively mainstream film. Plenty of people yeah. who saw that who weren't John Waters fans going to see his crazy film. So it's yeah, I, I big fan of that and big fan of Kathleen Turner's performance in that. I think that's a great, absolutely formidable murderous mum. We've done two murderous mums. Get them out of the way to begin with. I was also yeah, worried that murderous. I was. Or will we? <laughs> I was worried that as well. Like my list is. It's not very funny, you know. It's like, oh, this isn't going to be a funny one at all. It's because 
it's gonna so i'm just going after the funny ones it's like just sincere yeah i've got some sincere mums um finally being sincere yeah what is your number four? my number four is a character of um a mum uh who is just called mother in uh the film and the book but i've never read the book the railway children and this character she, the, the thing is she's very underrepresented because she's a mum she is one of the main characters her husband is Charles Waterbury. So the, we know that she is Mrs. Waterbury, but throughout the whole film, she is only ever referred to as mother. We never get a first name. Mother. But um, I think that the mum in the railway children, I think I'll get this on one of my other ones as well, but they're kind of mothers that are put under some sort of challenge in this when uh, the husband, Charles Waterbury, at the beginning of the railway children is uh, taken away and believed to be a spy. Spoilers, he isn't. He isn't a spy. Um, and is left to mother to bring up the three uh, children and they move to Yorkshire near a railway where Perks, played by Bernard Cribbins, lives. Um, and it's, it's. Uh, I think, again, I haven't read the book and I suspect it's a very charming book, but I talk specifically about the film. And I think, I think of her as they sort of, a mother who under some sort of uh in sort of some sort of trouble really kind of rallies round and sort of creates this sort of fantasy world where certainly the two younger children are protected from the adult world in a way that i find uh very moving and thoughtful and i think that character of mother i think is is sort of kind of weird it's, she's not even the character i think of again when you're a kid, she is a minor character in it. But I think when you watch those films back, um, she becomes much more the kind of anchor of the film. Mm. And she's still a supporting character. But you realise that the whole film is basically built around this mother who's trying to protect her kids from the kind of adult world. And it's sort of about growing up and learning about the adult world as well. I think it's a genuinely absolutely tip-top brilliant film that I think is often again put into a, a bracket of being a bit cutesy and cosy which it is but it's it's kind of about um, it's got loads of big themes about kids kind of growing up and coming of age and um, and the anchor for the whole film is mother the character mother who it's almost ironic because she's not even really given her own identity and name. She's simply called Mother throughout the whole film. That's all we know about her. We even get a husband who's in the film far less, gets a full proper name, like, like his befitting of the day, which again, I think kind of says a lot. Whether it was ever done on purpose or not, I don't know. But I think it feels almost like, even that feels like there's some sort of significance to it, that the mother in it doesn't even have her own identity. She is entirely, her role in the book is as the mother of the kids and as a sort of protector and saviour of the three railway children. Love the film. Amazing film. I feel like it's one of those films that you watch every year or something. You watch it a lot, right? Yeah. I do. I think it's brilliant. I think it's, and it's, and again, maybe it's a film that I justify 
by adding other layers of significance onto it. But I think actually more and more I go, I think this is like remarkable because I always see more and more into it. Mm. I think it's I think it's um, a spectacularly well well made film. I haven't watched it really since I was a kid, but my sister used to watch it a lot. I think it was one of those ones we used to get out of the video shop, you know, again and again. Um, um, it's not hard going at all. It's really, really funny and charming. And and it's again, it's one of those things that I find much more moving the older I get, where I think a lot of the significance just kind of means more and more as mm-hmm. I get older. I think it's um, I think it's a terrific film, especially as it's a film that you can watch when you're five or six and still get something different out of it the older you get i think is i think it's terrific i'd highly recommend it my number four is not um emotionally significant at all it's um liz in the tv show motherland which is a recent tv show still going i think started in 2016 um written by a load of famous british sitcom writers and uh played by diane morgan who i love diane morgan i love philomena kunk i love everything she does i just think she's hilarious and motherland is obviously a show full of mothers you know with one token stay-at-home dad that some of the jokes of him hit a bit close to the bone for me um (laughs) (laughs) i think i think perhaps too much i don't think uh i don't think you need worry i don't i don't see that and think i worry that's ozzy don't worry. Um, but yeah, Liz, play where Diane Morgan is just fantastic. She's like the smoking, let the kids watch the TV and play video games and eat junk. And just she's knackered, single mum. She gets through the day however she can, but she's still got the most, the most joy, the most like energy for life. And she's yeah, she's hilarious. That's just I think it really elevates that program. It's a good, it's a good show, I think. But um. I think she 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 she's her performance is just fantastic, and again, it's not it's not a perfect mum, and it's not just the kind of it's not the harassed mum full of guilt. She doesn't give. She's like, look, I'm doing good enough, and that's good enough, and that's, that's a fantastic version of a mother to see on the screen. You mm. know, I like that show. I do like that show. I think it's a show full of lots of really good performances. I really like Anna Maxwell Martin. I think she's brilliant. And um, I, I find her like incredibly watchable. In fact, that's a really good like ensemble cast on that. Mm. Even when they get like people show up in for, like one episode, I'm always impressed with like how good they are. That's a that's a high quality acting show. That is, I like that show. Yeah, it's a good, it's a good, and it's just. But I think the the, the main character, the Anna Maxwell Martin character, I think she's that's a more conventional kind of middle class mum stereotype that we see. This kind of like. Oh, I'm trying to do my work and I'm rushed off my feet, but I don't want to like give the appearance of not being the perfect mum and all this kind of thing. I mean, it's, it's great, but I, the Liz mm. character is just like this great kind of like, oh, well, I'm going to enjoy myself. Everything is hard. I'm going to have fun. I'm going to have a laugh. She's great. Big fan. <laughs> What's your number three? My number three is Mrs. Jumbo. Uh, the mother of Dumbo from the film Dumbo, which I believe is about what 19, I want to say 41. I'll see how close I am to that later, but I think it's about 41. Um, uh, and it's a, a mother who is entirely 
is given is given Dumbo uh, by the stork, and is immediately becomes the mother of of Dumbo, and is very protective of uh, Dumbo the elephant, who has large ears, and is bullied by other people, but will not have it, and is a protector of the young Dumbo character in a silent performance. I say performance. It's an animated <laughs> character. I've not seen the Tim Burton remake where it is, it is probably a what, CGI. Really? Oh, right. Okay. I, am, well, I don't know. I presume it's some sort of augmented, um, computer augmented thing. But it, but again, it's one of those sorts of very silent performances, which is trying to sum up of what it means, I guess, to be a mother in a animated, entirely silent performance as a protector and a supporter and someone who loves the new child who is brought to a by stork and uh, and I thought that was one of my immediate thoughts like oh of course you're Mrs Jumbo because they set that up it's a very short bit at the beginning of the film that she's in but they set up the kind of love and and, and care and importance that, that makes the rest of the film they set that up very swiftly and well in the beginning of the film don't they and it kind of they let you know this is yeah the real mum stuff yeah oh yeah this is the real mum stuff 1941 you're spot on of course oh yes <laughs> thank you very proud of myself very proud of myself and, and also slightly ashamed yeah um ozzy <laughs> what, what is your number three well, this is a heavy one. My number three is, um, I think I'm saying this right, but there's some argument about it, is Seether, Seether, from the book okay. Beloved by Toni Morrison. Uh, okay. Also made to a film starring um, uh, Oprah Winfrey, right? Uh, Beloved. Yeah, I think so. Anyway, it's um, she is this um, escaped slave in the middle of the 19th century. Um, and she has been absolutely traumatised and somewhat crippled by life as a slave, the mistreatment and abuse. And um, she, she, she initially escapes and then is they send people to to bring her back and capture her and she tries she has her children and she tries to kill her children rather than have them taken back into into slavery and grow up in slavery and and uh she succeeds in in uh killing her oldest daughter and not not the others not the boys but the book starts later on and um there's a spoilers but this book's been out for 35 years so you've had a chance but um she but she brings up her, her younger daughter in the spectre of being kind of haunted by the, the, the killing of her first baby. And, and she brings up her child with so much love and with just, like, with all the inhumanity she's faced and all the wrongs done to her and everything, that's, it's really made everybody go mad, everybody there. The, the men have all been destroyed by it and... and she yeah she's she's bringing up her daughter and she's kind of shunned by everybody and she looks up after that daughter daughter's called denver and she she brings her up you know she 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 makes her okay and um that's despite this crazy 
kind of haunting and the stuff that happens with her first daughter, Beloved. Or who's called Beloved. Anyway, it's just, I don't want to do spoilers, the whole thing, but it's, it's a painful book. It's a really painful book, but I think it's phenomenal. And it's a kind of, like a lot of these mothers are really saying that they, they're up against it and they have to deal with real adversity and then protect the kids and all this kind of thing. But this is an extreme version of that. Like, you know, but you can find, you can find your own kind of, uh, you can relate to your life or anybody's life in the, the ways that these extreme conditions, you know, affect humans and stuff. You can pick your own little mild version of that and see it, but it's just, it's so well written and it's, it's a really beautiful story of motherly love in, in, in adversity. It's, it's phenomenal. I've never seen the film. I don't checked. know if the film is any good. Oh, right, yeah. The film The film is Oprah Winfrey. I just checked. Yeah. I've never seen the film. On that. I don't, it, I, I've, I've not seen the film or read the book, uh, but it does sound it does sound great. And I, I, is it when I say, oh, I'm probably missing out there. I feel like I'm, it, it feels like a, a blank spot. In well, my, if, if the film's uh, considered good, you should watch the film. But the book is the book is where it at because I love Toni Morrison's writing, and it's that's her biggest book, and it's 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 phenomenal. And I think when I when I went to make this list, the the versions of motherhood that were really had some weight to them, and and were female versions as well because they they, they came from books because. You know, most films up until pretty recently were written by men and directed by men and starring men. And most mothers in films are bit parts, background characters and that kind of thing. So something like Beloved is, is where you really get a woman's voice writing about a mother. And, and yeah, it's this really exceptional mother. And this is, bear in mind, she's killed her kid. So it's not like a, this is not, you know, simplistic hmm good mother this is it's complicated that that's the most kind of tugs at your heart thing about the whole thing mm. that you 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 so love your child that you don't want them to grow up as a slave that's yeah killing you know so yeah that's a heavy heavy one heavy one see them it's a place for heaviness there's a place for heaviness here <laughs> uh, my number two is mary thompson who is the mother of Elliot in the film E.T., the extraterrestrial. Good Very one. similar to uh, Mother in the Railway Children, that she is a figure who is almost, as a kid, is watched as very much a background character who is uh, sort of kind of in the way of Elliot achieving his friendship. He, uh, in the film... Uh, the alien, E.T., the extraterrestrial, is hidden from the mother for much of it uh, and is later uh, used as a kind of device for which the kids get a kind of almost more adult relationship with their own mother. But uh, Mary Thompson, it played by D. Wallace then, later D. Wallace Stone, is, when you watch it as an adult, it's just this, again, she's a sort of single mother in a household where the father is recently left and the father who's not in the film at all plays this incredible kind of is a real presence in their life still and is almost like hero worshipped certainly by Elliot who's uh 
the younger boy, less so by the older boy, in a sort of really, really sort of smart blockbuster, I guess, because it's one of the very early ones where you, again, the older you get, the more you kind of understand it. And the elder child has got a bit more idea of what the dad's like, whereas Elliot, the younger child, is really sort of suffering from the recent kind of separation of the parents. But still in Elliot's mind, you can tell that there is this large presence of the father in it, uh, and which sort of overwhelms his own kind of relationship with his own mother. And at watching it now as an adult, which again, you don't really pick up on, is that you really get the idea that the dad's pretty much trash, I think, in the whole, but you don't really get this. And two, Elliot is this sort of younger boy who kind of idolizes the dad who's not there anymore and doesn't really um, pay enough attention to the mum who is basically holding the family together. And as an adult, I think when you look back on it, she's such a kind of, uh, again, it, it's sort of marginalised within the film because it's from the point of view of the youngest child. But as an adult watching it, I think you really see what she's doing and holding the family together and really being the kind of the mother to, the, to everyone and the father. And I find that relationship very kind of powerful and moving and really cleverly done in the film because you only ever see it from the perspective of Elliot who does doesn't see her that way and yet as an adult you can totally see through it and see that she's the one who is always protecting and looking after the kids even though she's kind of being marginalized and um and is even like even the kind of events of the movie are kind of being hidden from her till about two thirds of the way through the movie. And when she gets it, she then becomes a much larger part of the film within the life of it. It's all like, it's it's really, it's one of those things where like it's a screenplay and as a film, and it is that thing where it's like Steven Spielberg really kind of at the height of his powers of doing that kind of blockbuster, but using kind of sentiment in a really clever way that, and again, it's just, it's such a really, smartly put together screenplay and it's really well um realized that you get this really kind of uh really incredibly well done character even though in the film she is marginalized but as an adult you can kind of see it that she's kind of the character who really holds a family together i think i think it's a, just a sort of really great mum she's my number two mum i think um I think really what you say there about those, the way you, the way you see those characters in films totally changes. Like when you're watching it as a kid, I'm sure you don't notice at all because it's like the parent get up, get off the get yeah. off the screen. You're just all you're doing is worrying about me when I want to go and play with the alien. When Elliot's trying to bunk off school by pushing his uh, thermometer into the light bulb, yeah, you're sort of willing him to be like, yeah, right. you're, when you're a you're, kid, because your because your mum is gonna try and not make you go to school and. Yeah. Uh, it's that sort of, and 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 he has that same relationship with his mum, and you're on his side, and yet it's a completely different film. To like, it's one of those things. Like, it's like they talk about Pixar now that whoever's watching it, the film is for that character. So if you're watching it as a kid, you're watching it. Oh yeah, I'm watching this film as a kid's film. Right. And if you're an adult, you're watching a different film, and it's that thing. Even with ET, you have it kind of generationally, where you probably watch it if you're the same age as the the little Drew Barrymore character. You're watching it on one level. If you're 10 years old and you're watching it from the perspective of Elliot, you're watching it on another level. If you're his elder brother, you're watching it on a different level. It's like, it's a film that's like, all the characters in it really represent their audience really well. Mm. But if you're a mum or a dad watching that film, 
you're absolutely seeing it from the point of view of the mother. Yeah, I really find that when watching films now. I mean, there was a film, what was that film called? Something like Something Something of the Southern Wild. What was that film called? Is it called Beasts of the Southern Wild? Beasts of the Southern Wild. And everyone loved that film. And I hated that film because I was mad as hell. I was, it, it, because it's, it's got this crazy kind of fantasy, sort of semi fantasy world with this kind of semi feral kid. Crazy stuff happens to them. But the film is like saying, isn't this cool? Isn't this cool, huh? This cool? This kid's like wild. And as a, I just don't understand how, as a kind of grown up, you could watch it and be like, yeah, it's cool. As a grown up, you're just going, someone look after this kid. Like, someone, someone be a grown up, someone be responsible. I'm sure if you watch it as a kid, you'd be like, yeah, but it's not a kid's film. You know, it, to me, it felt like it felt like someone who was really into Hook was like, yeah, let's make like the the Lost Boys <laughs> indie film for grownups, you know, and I was just watching it like this is really disturbing. Please, somebody look <laughs> after this child. You know, that, that stuff really changes. But I mean, yeah, that's not that wasn't meant for kids. But it, that you do do start seeing things through different eyes. And, you know, it's 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 definitely a changing thing a film that can work on that level when you're a kid and then work again when you're an adult like that it's great good film good film pt i'd recommend it i watched the for some reason the other day i watched the clip of the kid um auditioning for for the role you know where he's crying and everything and i think it's spielberg goes when he finishes the scene like you got the job kid you know like (laughs) stop now kid you got the job (laughs) (laughs) astonishing performance Ozzy, what is your number two? It's my number two is less heavy this time. My number two is Susan Storm. Sue Storm uh, yeah. from the Fantastic Four. And I'm a big fan of the Fantastic Four. They're probably my favourite superhero comic books and everything. I love Fantastic Four. And I love Sue Storm. I think she's a great character and a great mum and you could have well i'll come back to that but you could have elastigirl from the incredibles who is the same character pretty much it's it's, as the incredibles are very much uh inspired by the fantastic four elastigirl is very inspired by sue storm she just has reed richard's superpower instead of sue storm's superpower but sue storm starts out in 1961 uh the first of the well, the Fantastic Four was the first of the kind of yeah, yeah, Silver yeah. Age Marvel first, comics. First Marvel, Marvel superheroes. Right. And she starts out as the, the you know, they go up to, this isn't spoilers, they go up into space and uh, they get exposed to some space rays or whatever and they come back down to Earth and they all go, hey, look, we've got superpowers. This is crazy. Let's be a super team. And she starts out as the invisible girl. And to me, that seems really representative of of the early 60s and mm-hmm. she's the invisible girl and she's pretty and she's the invisible girl like she's what's your superpower i'm invisible and i'm surrounded by men it's like right yeah you know i don't know that that's what stan and jack were like thinking but it, but it, it suits that time yeah right? and then i don't know it is interesting i wonder that sometimes whether that's on purpose or whether it's uh whether it's an accident she can just go invisible at the start and then as time goes on, she gains the ability to have have a force field, right? It can put a force field around the others. And that's when she starts getting interesting. And it's very kind of uh, symbolic of what we've been talking about with some of these mothers as, as being the protectors and 
you know, looking after who, and she looks after the whole lot of them. Then, you know, she had, mm-hmm. she, she's at that point kind of in a relationship with, with, with Reed Richard, Mr. Fantastic Reed Richards. And, but she also is still flirting with the idea of being with uh, Prince Namor, the Submariner, who's very aggressive in her, his uh, sort of advances towards her. And he's an underwater prince, so he's kind of cooler than a, yeah. than a grain nerd. But, um, as it goes on, you know, eventually they get married and they have a kid, and she gets these powers of, of uh, not only then can she uh, use a force field to protect everybody, but she starts, as it goes on, she starts being able to kind of move things with her force, which can move things around, she can push things, she can attack things, and she becomes, like, incredibly powerful. And, um, and eventually... In the eighties, she 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 says like, "No, I'm not the invisible girl anymore. I'm the invisible woman," uh, and it's in response to I can't I haven't read the story ages in the in the John Byrne run of, of Fantastic mm-hmm. Four, right? And she she kind of she's been like abused and mind's been twisted by this bad guy. I can't remember called Psycho Man or something. Psycho Doctor Psycho Psycho guy. And off screen, off out of caption, she does something and he screams and then she comes back in. She comes back, you know, then you see, you see they, they kind of run and they're like, what was that? And she's like, oh, don't worry. He's never going to hurt anyone like that again. And that's, I think, the last you ever hear of him. And she's like, I'm not the invisible girl anymore. I'm the invisible woman. And she's, she, she ends up kind of often the most powerful of the, of the Fantastic mm-hmm. Four because you've got a thing, which is who's their friend, who's a big orange rock monster yeah. guy and you always kind of get the impression that thing has kind of a bit of a crush or has had a bit of a crush on sue storm um at some point but he's very much the kind of he stepped away and very much let his best friend it's be very like, respectful it's like oh yeah and they're, they're, you know and she's and also you know if you in her backstory like her um her mom died young i think in a car accident, and then her dad was a bad guy and got sent to jail, and so she was bringing up her little brother Johnny, who was the Human Torch, on her own, and so she's like the mum to all of them because Ben's like mm-hmm. Ben Grimm. The the thing is kind of a bit hot headed and and sort of like oh let me whack them all, you know, kind of. And and Reed is kind of he's always got his schemes and stuff, and she's just kind of frowns at him and keeps his ego in check and keeps him down to yeah. earth. She's doing different things for all of them. And that's a very, mm-hmm. that's a real theme that comes through in these great months. She's doing different things for all these people to apply herself to them in different ways to make all their lives work. So it's still, it's very sort of, um, what's the word, a support role in a lot of ways. But mm. as she gets more interesting, she gets more powerful and be it, and is able to not just protect, but to attack and, you know, really impact the world around her and stuff. She, yeah. she becomes very powerful. And I, I just, I think she's a great character with a lot of grace and is rare amongst superhero things because she is also much less sexualized than so many other female superheroes. Mm-hmm. She, she, you know, she gets to wear the, uh, the classic pajamas for the first, you know, 10 years or so of the Fantastic Four. They are not wearing like your Wonder Woman bikinis or your, you know, crazy crazy outfits she she gets to be much less sexualized she wears the same uniform as the other members of the fantastic four they all have the same at uniform. that point yeah in the 80s and 90s sometimes it gets a bit silly but yeah she and i don't know if she only doesn't get to be as sexualized because she's sort of a, a married woman 
that kind of yeah, thing. Maybe, I don't know. But, maybe the time when they were, yeah. When but she's not married for like a hundred issues. Yeah. I don't know. But it's just, she's just a great character and she's, when she's patronised and stuff, when she's talked down to, she makes a comment about it, you know. So these guys who are writing those comments, you know, Stan Lee, Jack Kirby, they, they, they were giving her, they were imbuing her with a kind of power and sticking up for herself that was not typical of the early 60s. Yeah. And supposedly, like, um, the way those comics were made, you will know this, but some people listening might not, was that Stanley would generally write the kind of general outline of the issue, would send it to Jack Kirby, who was the artist who created it all, um, and he would come back and basically draw up the entire plot that Stanley had given him. And he would also do like kind of suggested dialogue as well, which Stanley would then go in and correct. And basically dialogue, what the, the comic was basically drawn and kind of written by Jack Kirby as well. And the dialogue would have then be put in uh, by Stanley afterwards. He would have always done the plot at the beginning. But supposedly a lot of the stuff that Jack Kirby did originally was even more... Um, it, it was it was a much more kind of she was much more independent mm. and a lot of her dialogue was almost altered a bit by Jack Kirby to make her a bit more kind of 60s contemporary or as he would sort of see a bit kind of towing the line a bit. You mean Stan? So I suppose it Stan, sorry, yeah. yeah. So Stan would make her a bit more um a bit more 50s, whereas um Jack Kirby was very much uh she was a much more kind of progressive character when you see the original kind of dialogue, suggested dialogue that that Jack had put in. Love Jack. Love nice. Jack. Bet Jack loves mothers. Oh man! Imagine how much he loved his mum. Oh yeah, I bet he. I bet he loved his mum. Crazy. Um. Yeah, uh, just she's just a great character, I and mean, that's just silly sort of talking about a comics character like this because superhero comics are not generally super deep when it comes to women's roles. But she has, she has a stillborn child, and they deal with that and the effects of that in the in the comic book I mean, she's, she's a really great character I, I think she's fantastic that's my number great two character. Sue Storm great character Why? okay my number one is very interesting because uh, it's almost kind of being covered because mine was Helen Parr Elastigirl from the incredibles and you're right in saying it's sue storm and i didn't actually even consider sue storm in my in my analyses but i do love the incredibles and i do love elastigirl who's by far the best character in that film absolutely and is played by uh holly hunter who i have absolutely love holly hunter holly hunter is probably about my uh, my favorite i had a big crush on holly hunter in broadcast news and I think all these things combined when it's like, yes, please, Elastigirl, when The Incredibles came out. Big fan of the film. Very much the same similar role, as you say, about Sue Storm. She has the kind of Reed Richards equivalent powers. I mean, it's, it's she, stretches, she, she stretches. She, right? stretches. she can stretch into any shape, I think. Um, and again, it's a sort of... Uh, ideal kind of mother kind of fantastic kind of fantasy superhero mum character who kind of from the first beat is like the kind of 
again the, the sort of the person who kind of holds that whole movie together and as is kind of true as well in the fantastic four is probably not overt the incredibles does a good job in taking a lot of what is suggested in the fantastic four and just making it overt and saying mm. it's this basically right so kind of like in in this the dad is fairy he's a good dad but he's he's kind of also like uh a bit of a loser and a bit kind of um it's a bit, bit clueless bit clueless but she's the kind of the 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 kind of again the sort of anchor of the whole family in a similar way to again sue storm is like that really that she's the kind of the person who holds it all together very much in fantastic four reed richards is kind of like a distant like husband he's not like a great it almost he has to be constantly reminded which is the sort of subplot of it mm. he's like oh yeah i forget about my wife yeah. he's like um uh, that's the sort of premise of that but like um um yeah love the film love holly hunter uh great mum when i thought of it i went oh yeah that's the one number one mum i think Numero i had, the, I had no pretty much the mom. same thought and then i was like no i'm gonna pick Sue storm because she's kind of too 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 derivative of that but it's, it, is. it is an improvement i mean uh, when, when when the incredibles came out i was like that is the best fantastic four film you could ever make you know mm. and i'm I'm pretty sure that will remain the case even when they've made a decent Fantastic Four film, which I hope they do very soon. But the, but she she's she's absolutely the star of it, and that is unusual. If you said that, you know, there's a there's a there's a family superhero film coming out, and it's you know, daughter, son, dad, mum, and the mum is the coolest one. She has the best bits, and they they knew that, and they recognised it to the point where the second Incredibles film is all about her, right? Mm. I mean, it's all about her, and it's. The voice she does, the voice Holly Hunter does, is just totally recognisable. It's such a classic Lovely. performance. She kind of even looks like Holly Hunter. I really like that about it, that she kind of, if they did a live-action one, it would just still make perfect sense that it's Holly Hunter. Um, but, little, uh, yeah. The little bits where the kids are, like, so impressed with what their mum can do, because, you know, they retired superheroes in the first film, right? And when mm. the kids finally see what their parents can do, they're like, you know and especially with the mum you know i love that i love that because that's the other thing we're all overlooking what our mums can do because they're just our mums you know like we're all kind of like taking them for granted and you know they don't they have this whole life that isn't about being a mother you know like you don't stop being a person when you become a parent but your kids just see you as the parent you know until they get to some age or have some moment or something you know and that's 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 a great sort of metaphor for that the idea that your 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 mum who's just your mum was a superhero saving everybody, you know. Like it's, it's, I love it. It's, I know this is silly talking about these superhero things when we're talking about mums, but it's just, it's a proper great metaphor, and it they're yeah. they're great characters because of how male and adolescent and macho most of superheroes is. Also, I can't remember what it was for. Supermarket biscuit, I don't know. Bread. There was an advert last year that would be like they'd be like, all mums are heroes. No, no, they're not. But, but in this case, they are. Yeah, hero mums. Ozzy, <laughs> what is your numero uno top number one choice favorite mum? My number one was equally obvious to me when when we talked about doing this, and but it's not a pop culture uh, character really. It's uh, Mrs. Ramsey from the Virginia Woolf book to the lighthouse 
Okay, I was thinking neighbours, but it's not Mrs. Ramsey from there. I did think about <laughs> I did think about some of the mums on neighbours, but it's no, it's Mrs. Ramsey from To the Lighthouse, who who is um this is a really hard one to talk about. To the Lighthouse takes place just in the heads, really, of some people staying in a holiday cottage uh in the like 20s or something <laughs> and mrs ramsey is the host and she has her kids she has a ludicrous number of kids but the most of their characters don't really get built up so you mostly focus on the youngest one james um and she has a husband who's a bit reed richards actually he's he's kind of a he's into metaphysics he's a scholar i think is he metaphysics something like that i don't understand and he's concerned with his work but he's got a really fragile ego and he needs lots of reassurance from her and she she does all this reassuring him and giving him love and all this stuff but it talks about what she's doing it talks about the the strain and the the exertion that is going on to to support these people or her husband and then to look after her youngest child and protect the children from the husband because he's kind of an asshole and like it but it it better than anything I've ever read gives expresses to me the feelings of being a mother and she's fantastic. She's fantastic, like nurturing, loving person. And uh, I don't want to do any spoilers because everyone should read the book. It's fantastic. It might be my favourite book. But she she's it's it's in her head, you know, it's just her thoughts and feelings. There's hardly any dialogue or there's bits of dialogue, but it's how it and it's kind of dreamy. But she is tied into all these people's lives, the people that come and stay with them, all her children, her husband, she's tied into all that. She's constantly thinking about all these things. Maybe that reminds me a bit of my mum, because my mum is she's thinking about everyone all the time, you know. She's thinking, how are they? What could I do to help? that where where are they at in their life this kind of thing it's an amazing character because this is being written by somebody else about someone who is not like them Virginia Woolf does not write about herself as being like that you know so she's she's inventing this character and putting you inside their mind which is what books can do but it's the most powerful version of that I've I've ever read and it's just beautiful and formidable and just nothing happens like nothing happens in this book right but the world changes for them for the people in this book throughout the course of the book and it changes it all changes because of this woman and and because she is an incredible mother you know she's just has the effect on all these people and none of them appreciate her properly Maybe the youngest son, right? But they, you just get this sense of her, and it's sort of heartbreaking and it's amazing. I absolutely love it. It had to be my number one, no question. Great. Well, I have nothing to add on that because I don't know it. You, can't, know, I haven't you read can't even watch a movie version of it because I'm fairly certain you couldn't make one because there's like 10 lines of dialogue or something, you know? What would you? I don't know. Yeah, you couldn't really do it. And that's it. That's that's a that's a five. I tell you what, the closest to me, the the sixth one that couldn't get onto my list mm-hmm. was Mrs. O'Brien from the film Tree of Life, played by Jessica Chastain. And I said that to Lily, 
and she just rolled her eyes like oh, oh, Terrence Malick. And um <laughs> and it's like you can't put that on your list. But that to me is uh a depiction of a mum that's like very if anyone could do a film of a Virginia Woolf book, it'd probably be or of that type of Virginia Woolf book, it would be be Terrence Malick because it's just the feeling that it gives you and the looking through people's eyes and that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And her her role in that is quite it's not similar, but it, it touches on lots of the same things. She's protecting the kids from the pretty callous husband. He's horrible, Brad Pitt, and that. Um, and they share like there's a bit in there's a bit in Tree of Life. I don't know if you remember, but there's a bit where Brad Pitt's character goes away. He's got to be away on business or something, and she tells the kids, you know, he's he's gone away. And the kids just run around the house screaming and laughing and she jumps on all the beds with them and they run out in the street and the kids are doing impressions of their mean dad. And it's just beautiful. And for this moment, this 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 woman and her children that she loves are all sort of set free from this horrible man. And uh yeah, it is it's it's got it's got sort of bits of that in it, bits of Mrs. Ramsey it reminds me of. And and, and she's she's like this kind of in, in in Tree of Life, she's kind of a almost angelic, kind of super idealized, kind of grace, grace and grace under fire kind of character who is just completely serene, even while everything's crazy. I mean, it's it's kind of um, it's a very um, idealized version, but another another beautiful mother. Um, yeah, it was like in a way, the top five was kind of easy. There are other people you could have. There are people like you kind of almost think like. I don't know. Do you want to have like Marge Simpson in it? But it all seems a bit trivial and a bit like, sure, good mum for sure. I don't love. But, I don't love Marge Simpson. Like, I mean, obviously she's I a very long-suffering character, but I don't think you need mm-hmm. to like any of the Simpsons. Like, they're all kind of very flawed characters, right? There's no mm. one in the Simpsons who's like, that's the one you like. You know what I mean? They, yeah. they all. They all are, you know, mixed characters, and that's part of. Sure. That's part of why it can go on forever. You know? uh, but yeah, there was very few like um, it was easier to get top five in general on this one than it was on others. There are kind of yeah, there are like kind of sitcom sitcom mums and but it's that it's that kind of like you're not when you get the top five, the others sort of are quite a far way underneath that. They're not really like also rands. They're not close into the top five. Um, I'm sure there are others I've forgotten. I haven't thought about in the last week. But like it's the these are the ones that certainly popped into my head. Yeah, I most would, assuredly. I would really like people to 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 let us know what who they would have because I feel like I didn't do a good job of thinking about it, and I and it really made me feel like God, there's not good depictions of mums in in films and TV and stuff. You know, I mean, I even tried to think of because it's just fictional mums. I tried to think of mums in in songs, you know, or. It just wasn't. It just feels like ludicrously underrepresented. And I spoke to my sister, who she's a children's book writer, children's picture books uh, illustrator and writer, and she she's a real scholar of picture books. And she was saying nothing really sticks out from from children's mm. books because in order to give the, chi- the the children characters in children's books space, the mums have to disappear. You know, the mums have to be out of the way in order to give the kids agency. And that you know, so she was coming up with you know the mum in where the wild things are. All she does is shout wild thing. Mm. at him at max send him to bed without his supper but then when it's all over he gets his supper he's still there it's all still hot for him in his bedroom spoiler you know but um you know 
it's really you where you would expect these lovely mum characters they're not kind of there i I thought the the one where i thought of the most was was kind of sitcoms but none of them were really ones i want to put there i was thinking like sharon horgan's character in catastrophe is great but is she a great mum no she the whole point is that she kind of isn't that changed by being a mum you know i see claire huxtable yeah, yeah. You know, just because we have to cancel Bill Cosby doesn't mean we should forget the cancel. great performance that Felicia Rochelle on there. But but oh, she's a bit too disciplinarian for me. You know, she was always just telling everybody off all the time. Mm-hmm. And, you know, but I like how she frowns. Mm. And another one, I, I guess, had... by doing it, we've we've had more of a serious investigation into mums because of it. We've avoided sitcom mums to have some real, real mums. We should probably have had a mum on as a guest to talk because you know. But we've got That's mums. True. We've got mums. We have first-hand experience of mums. Sure. You know, I, I, one that if I'd watched more of it, I reckon I'd rate. Well, I know a lot of people do. Is um, Lorelai Gilmore from the Gilmore Girls? Anybody I know that Never was into that it. show. People that are into that show are like, she is the greatest character ever. You know, they they okay. love her. Um, and I've seen it, and I'm like, it's great. But I haven't watched enough of it to, to. Okay. Did you have any okay. more that you maybe for you? Uh, well, like the other ones would be things like um, she. I mean, she's a very small part in the film, but in in uh, the original Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory, Charlie Bucket's mum, Mrs. Bucket, gets to sing "Cheer Up, Charlie," which is the best song in it. But it's not really. But I think that song is a great song about talking to a child, and so I think it imbues the mum, even though it's not a great performance with with a sort of um she's given some good material to work with i think in in that i think that uh, that's a great song but then it felt too felt too slight i totally go in the competition augustus gloops mum every day she's great um i the other one i was gonna say but it's kind of too daft is um beatrix kiddo from kill bill specifically kill bill volume two because kill bill volume one is just a an action film, right? Kill Bill Volume 2 has all this stuff about how she is redeemed from this life of murder and, mm-hmm. you know, assassination and everything by the fact that she is a mum and she hasn't, she can't yeah. see her kid and this guy. I remember we saw it in the cinema, didn't we? we saw it in a preview yeah. and, and um, afterwards we were both like, man, it's really profound how, how um, you know, it's kind of her, her motherhood kind of protects her from the kind of, being a sociopath like all the other people mm-hmm. around her and stuff. And um, I thought that was quite... It has that, yeah, it has that great scene where you've got the other assassin who's sent to kill her. And then she basically tells on that day, she's just done a pregnancy test and has to pass the pregnancy test to the assassin to prove that she's pregnant. And they both have this thing. They go, all right, well, I'm not going to, I'm not going to kill you then. Yeah. It's, it's like this bit of humanity is retained. <laughs> by the fact of being mothers. Maybe it's a bit hokey, and I don't really give Tarantino mm. too much credit, but I, I, I really liked it at the time. And, um, yeah, I, I, yeah I, I bought into that. I think it still works really well. I think that's a really... And I think you're right. I think it's a much better film than the first film. It really elevates that that, that both those films. I think. Mm, yeah, yeah, exactly. It's like the, the, the way they put that into the story gives it a, some real interesting stuff it makes it like um brings a whole uh lone wolf and cub sort of vibe from mm-hmm. from uh, those books and films and yeah it just it, yeah that, that was good for me and again it's an unusual thing to inject into a 
blokey young man action mm. fighting film. You know? mm. Agreed. I think it's, I, think, I don't know. I think this is a weird list, and I think it's hard to do. But it, it's nice to <laughs> nice to talk about mums a bit. And I think it's a good a list. Of... I think it's a good. Uh, I think it's a, it's a, a list off of a different flavour and a different uh, a different vibe, as uh, a lot of the uh, young people say now. And I think it's good. I think it's strong. It's light and shade. Yeah. This is what it's all going to be about. Anything to add? Just, you know, keep um, liking and sharing and subscribing. And um... Yeah, I think if, if you do want to certainly on give us a comment, you can comment under the YouTubes if you're listening on an iTunes or one of the other apps, if you give us a five-star review. And if you don't want to write a review, you've got nothing to say. It's a good space to put in some suggestions or list-offs, to put in some suggestions of your own fa- favourite mums. Yeah. Top mums. Remember, your mums don't have to be good mums. They can be bad mums, villainous mums. But they can't be real mums. No, but we do like everyone to be real mums in, in, uh, yeah. with some caveats. Um, <laughs> yeah, just thanks sure. a lot. Really appreciate it. And um, next one will be funnier, probably. This is fine. This is fine. The next one probably will be funnier, actually, because I know what it is. Yeah, I know. But, you know. Thanks very much. Big up your mums. Big up your mums.